Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Death at the Movies podcast. My name is Joelle Simone Anthony. I am your host. I am known as the Grave Woman. And I made this podcast because I just really love having conversations about death, about dying, about grief, and how those subjects are reflected in the movies, television, media, and books that we consume on a regular basis. I'm so excited because I have one of my internet friends um, with me today. Her name is, she goes by Kate. She's a death doula and she's doing some amazing work. So hi, Kate. Welcome. Hi, Joelle. Thanks for having me. Do you prefer Kate or Caitlin? Kate would be great. Kate, okay. So why don't you tell the listeners who you are, what you do, and how you got into the death space? Awesome. Hi, all. Thanks for listening. Um, I'm Kate. I'm a death doula, although right now you'll hear some people refer to themselves as a death worker, a death companion, end-of-life guide. We all sort of um, choose what term resonates for us, but we're all sort of collectively doing very similar things within the death care industry. So I go by a death doula, though. I am operating 100% virtually, which pre-pandemic I was not. So we'll get into that a little bit more too. Um, and I just find that wildly interesting. I've never had a um, death care practice or a practice of any sort that's taken place 100% online now. Um, really what I do personally within my death work is education. That is at the forefront in many different ways. First of all, so many people don't even know that death doulas exist, what we are, what it's all about. So there's that level. Um, also, of course, living in a uh, Western society, dying in America, a lot of times we've been getting um, our learning and our education about death in real time. And yes, the pandemic has shown us that doesn't work. But even prior to that, we were realizing it's not working. And so um, I really like to follow that direction where it's education and education before death's even on the doorstep, before anything is even happening within our lives, death related. I'd like to be having those conversations with people. And it's interesting because I'm up here in the North where we have a very large elderly population. And originally that's who my work started with. But now what I'm finding, the more that I am virtual, 100%, my people that I'm working with are younger. And yes, some of them are walking their paths with death immediately, and that is coming quickly. But most of the people that I'm working with, interestingly, are people that do not necessarily have any sort of disease, terminal illness. It's just all of a sudden they have been confronted by the fact that they are going to die or someone close to them has died. And now the thoughts and the concerns and the anxieties, they're coming. And so I think that's kind of interesting because that's what actually had brought me into the death care space. And so I wonder sometimes like, you know, if collectively, our path then is mirrored for the people that find us and want to work with us. Um, because I too uh, really struggled with death anxiety, uh, death fears. And that was immediately after experiencing my first big death, which um, was uh, seven years ago. And it was of a dear friend of mine. He died by suicide. And that was the first time he was a young gentleman. I was young, you know, and we're both all of a sudden a traumatic event and we're faced with 
you know, here one moment, gone the next. And it was just, I, I kind of get eager about it now because it, it was such a dark moment, but it was so pivotal too. And I'm watching that transpire with the people that I'm working with. No longer do they have to wait until someone is dying to have these conversations or when they're in the throes of death anxiety. Now they're actually able to hop on their Instagram page, see a little fact about death or a little piece of education, and it becomes engaging. And it really has started to open up the conversation for younger people like you and I. And I'm so encouraged by that because it's not happening in real time. And we can slow it down and bring in that education. So that's a huge piece of what I do. I also really get jazzed up about pre-planning. Um, so many of us don't have any plans in place. Even death workers uh, and death care industry professionals are still sharing with me that they don't have their um, practical planning bits wrapped up or started or put together. And that really excites me too, because um, I find and have found that yes, education is huge, but then when you actually put some things into action and motion and have plans and know what you want for life support and know what you want done with your body or your funeral arrangements, I mean, it doesn't have to be all figured out, but to start putting some pieces into play and just to start having these conversations. Um, so I have found that I have become less bedside care at this current moment where I'm with people at the moment of their death. And it's now shifting where I'm working with people way beforehand as far as planning and education goes. And I'm really excited by that. That's so awesome, Kate. Um, and I know that in that pre-planning, a lot of times our minds and even the education, um, when we start thinking about, okay, what is death? The people that I love, the people that I know, we're all going to expire at some point. A big part of that thought process is spirituality. And while listening to you speak, um, I, I noticed uh, a contrast because in my culture and in the way I grew up, death was always a part of the conversation, especially from a spiritual perspective. We pay a lot of honor to our ancestors. We believe, you know, in life after death, so to speak, we believe it to be some type of home going from a, a cultural and a religious perspective. And I'm noticing in my work in death care that a lot of people don't have that core. And that's where that anxiety and that's where that, um, that fear and that hesitance to participate in conversations about death occur. So when you were growing up, did your family members, did your community talk about death either from a practical or a spiritual perspective? You bring up such a great point. Thank you for asking that. My upbringing with faith is so interesting because um, from a very young age, uh, my mother was a practicing Catholic and my father was a practicing Buddhist and both were very deep within their own religions. And here comes their daughter and they're married and they remained married um, through my entire uh, upbringing, they're divorced now, but um, that was really peculiar looking back on it to have such wildly different perspectives. It was always, I never really got, um, let me back up. I ended up, so with my 
uh, mom being heavily Catholic, they decided to put me into Catholic school. And so then I really got from kindergarten to eighth grade, here I am and I'm hearing this very deep religion and what their views are on afterlife and death and what that looks like. Now, still in amongst that time, you know, I have family members that have died, nobody too close to me as far as that emotional connection goes. That's not to say, you know, family and our, our webs of connection, whenever someone dies, it should be honored, but it, it was like the great uncle died and I wasn't allowed at that funeral. And then the, um, you know, friend of a friend of the family died and, oh, you know, let's not go to that funeral. So it was very much sheltered from my existence once death happened, but yet I was getting so much education as far as um, what the afterlife potentially could look like from two different spectrums. So I had Catholic of heaven and hell, and I had Buddhism of reincarnation. And so really, you know, I even to this day um, am processing how that shaped me, because those are both very, very wildly different concepts and religions, but overall death was hidden from me. And even though both parents were very much practicing within their own religions, they both struggled to then bring that into the home and to sit with it and have this discussion with their child about it. And so now for myself personally, I do have two small children. And yes, I am in a death care industry. So naturally it's, it's you know, prevalent, but having had those experiences as the child where nobody was talking about death and then it happens and you don't even see a ritual behind it. I knew personally, it was like, okay, let me involve the children in every aspect of what death looks like. And I've just found through my own experience with my two children and bringing them into this process, children are open and willing and able to accept death. And I'm not sure if my, you know, European white centered family were concerned that the children couldn't handle that or whatever their reasoning didn't deserve to know about it. I'm not sure that reasoning of thinking, um, but it's, it's not what I've been shown. And I've been putting this into play with my own family. So um, yeah, it's something that when my friend then died later in my life, and here all of a sudden I'm faced with this major traumatic death that came out of nowhere, I have to start getting some tools because immediately I'm concerned that my friend um, died by suicide and could have ended up in hell. And I'm really concerned by that notion because this is a human that was an amazing person. And what I had been taught and learned about this place um, I was very concerned and I was very put off by the idea that he was there and I needed to explore that. So interestingly, my first thought to explore that as I'm spiraling in grief and death anxiety immediately after is to reach out to someone that I had known, um, not well, but well enough, a friend of a friend, and she was an evidential medium is what she called herself. And I thought, well, that's interesting. I've heard of psychic mediums, um, but I wasn't quite sure what an evidential medium was. And I thought, I need to talk to her. I need to talk to anyone, someone. I mean, I was grappling at everything and, and the list is long as to tools that I used during that time. But um, when I ended up con connecting with this evidential medium, 
it was an experience unlike anything I've had before because um, the difference I'll just say between evidential medium and phys uh, psychic medium is the evidential mediums say that they are proving. They want to give evidence that this is your deceased person that they are connecting to in one way or another through um, maybe the way in which they died. Maybe they'll tell a name, you know, real uh, more tangible facts than say a psychic medium that pulls on the intuition of the other person and works off of that. So I was really intrigued and I thought, great, you know, I was a bit skeptical too, but I was very open to just anything and wanting to hear from my friend. And when sitting with this evidential medium, I was blown open. I mean, yes, I had known her, but not in any capacity. I mean, she didn't know my last name. She didn't have my social media accounts. I mean, we weren't that close. I had just, you know, known in passing, hi, go see her if you need some support. Um, and what she was telling me was just one thing after another about my friend, how he died, who was there, you know, one, and it was just, I thought, you're a stranger. How do you know this about my person? And I thought, okay, I got to look into this more because here we are. And I've been taught so many different things over the years. And now I'm experiencing something so fully that I can't deny I want to go in this direction. And that really has just started that path of looking into um, more spiritual, because that's definitely like how I categorize them as well, spiritual bits. You know, we are mind, body, spirit as these walking beings. And so, yes, mind, body is great as a, as a physical human, but that spirit element is still there and still um, able to participate in some way. So yeah, I definitely went in that direction more so um, after his death. That's so amazing. Um, because I tell people all the time, they're like, you know, you get the questions, you're not afraid to work with the dead, or it isn't scary, or how do you not go crazy? You know, all the, the stuff that people believe based on what we've seen in television and movies and read about in books and horror stories that people have come up with in their minds um, about the experience for whatever reasons. But I always tell people, I am more afraid of you than I am of the deceased because I've been able to communicate with them my whole life. Um, the term the grave woman was born out of a photo that I drew or a picture that I drew as a kid where I was standing in a cemetery with a microphone talking to the dead, you know? And it's just always so interesting to me that people have this separation between our physical beings and our spiritual abilities because our spirits are what occupy these beings. And the gift of working in death care is that you get to see the shell without the spirit. So it reaffirms the existence in the first place, at least from in my mind. Do you have any spiritual gifts that you care to share that um, enable you to do what you do so well in terms of working with the deceased, their families, and educating others about the process? Mm, such a good question. Um, the word too, as you were speaking, intuition comes to mind because that's one that we hear and a lot of people in the, in the mainstream world have, you know, are starting to be able to talk about this intuition, but you're right. It's something we're all born with. This is not something a rare few have. It's 
all of us as humans have intuition built into our bodies. Now, because of many different things we experience in this life, we don't get to hone into that intuition and really hear it clearly as it's talking to us. But there's moments always in each of our lives where it comes in. And I too very much feel um, like, how, how can you not feel this? And that's only because at this point I've been practicing. I almost feel like now it's like a little slap across the face in a good way. Like, okay, let me get your attention, Kate. Um, because it does need to be honed. It's like a muscle. It's like riding a bike. You know, you have to practice using our intuition. We have to practice riding the bike before we can really listen to it clearly and understand what it's trying to share. And I think in this spot of intuition is where the deceased connect with us. And I agree. I was a young child who also was very open and could hear a lot and understand a lot. And didn't get to explore it, it would happen. And then I just shut it right off because I, I wasn't sure where to go with it. Um, but through this process, like it, it's, I've heard you say it before, it's almost like you can't get away from it, like a calling. It just kind of keeps bringing us back in for those that are um, on that path. And at this point, after working um, with my death anxiety, my deep grief, going the route of evidential mediums, I too have learned a great deal as to how to sit in a space and listen to what is coming in for messages. And that could be intuition. That could be someone in particular that's died. I mean, my intuition now my um, is at a point where when someone steps in, I can pretty quick, quickly identify if that might be uh, my buddy or maybe someone not even for me, just someone in the space. So I definitely have um, many abilities and it's something that I talk very little about on my Instagram page. It's very practical, very education-based and I think that's wonderful, but the reality is there was such a huge piece of that unseen, that spiritual bit that aided in my ability to work with my death anxiety and my deep grief, my traumatic grief. And that was because all of a sudden I was learning how to communicate with someone I couldn't see. I had loved them here in the physical world um, and now they're not here in the physical world. How do I make that connection still exist? And I've now learned many different techniques. Yes, you know, sitting quietly and listening, it's one way, but it's not for everyone. So there's many different tools. I've tried, um, using a pendulum as well for a tool. And that's great because you can work with boards uh, where they have yes or no answers or names or letters, things that can help put the puzzle pieces together because it's not easy at first to hone in and really get these clear messages. And they're always they being unseen, our loved ones, um, our ancestors are always trying to communicate with us. We're just in different worlds. So it's harder for us to hear them. And, um, but I don't wanna take away from many other avenues too. There's so many ways to hone that intuition and hear people. Uh, I also have experienced and gotten really into near death experiences and looking at what those were, you know, not just one or two isolated, but really pulling in a ton of people's experiences that are saying, hey, I was dead and pronounced dead. And 
I went on this adventure or whatever you want to call it, had this experience and am now alive again and have that physical heartbeat and am in this world. And let me share. And I have found so much interest and comfort in that direction as well. Um, tarot cards, or um, I don't want to call them tarot because that might not resonate for everyone, but oracle cards, you know, decks of cards that have images on them are a fantastic way to help aid in communication. So um, yeah, I, I would say there's many different tools, but finding something that works because our people want to talk to us. 100% um, for sure. I don't necessarily make a effort to contact the dead um, from my perspective. However, when I'm seeking clarity or when I'm in prayer, I am very, I'm very um, intentional about only inviting in the most high vibrational and light filled energies because we live in a reality of duality there's good and there's bad. So I just felt the need to share that because I don't want anyone to listen to this and run out and say, oh my God, I can contact my mom and just open a portal or open a space that you aren't prepared for. Take your time if you feel like you you have a gift or you're able to connect with something that you're just not sure about. Um, I operate under the belief that I have divine protection um, that protection for me comes from a very, very strong ancestral lineage of protectors, of warriors, of people that have endured. However, maybe ancestral connection is not your thing, but you know that you have a gift for connecting with, like Kate said, something or someone or an energy that you cannot see. But um, I just want to give that word of caution. Only invite and work with the highest vibrational and those that are operating with the highest intention and highest level of light. Um, possible. Because sometimes we open doors that we're not necessarily prepared for. And that can be a traumatic experience. And that is not what it's supposed to be like, especially when you're dealing with um, things like grief and emotions and thing like, things like that. Sometimes out of desperation, um, we move a little bit too fast. So just take your time. And if you don't know what you're doing, definitely seek out the work or the assistance of someone who does this um, intentionally, and I don't want to say professionally, but knows what they're doing. And like you, Kate, I really don't talk about a lot of the, um, or I haven't until recently, a lot of the spirituality behind what I do as a death care practitioner. I refer to myself as a sacred death and grief care practitioner, because I believe that this work is sacred, not only for us on this side, but for the deceased and the spiritual um, side as well. But I have to ask, in order to remain true to the topic of conversation, which is death at the movies, what movie would you say, movie, book, TV show, would you say most resonates with your work and your passion? Ooh, good question. I think I'll go with a book um, because definitely I'm a reader and that's what resonates. Um, I'm going to go with being with dying by Joan Halifax. Highly recommend for a read. It, it's going to lean, not necessarily in any spiritual nature. It's a very practical book, um, but there's very comforting elements which could be considered spiritual. Spiritual is just a word like all of these words. And so, um, but comfort and peace can also come in on top of the really practical bits. So I would say get a copy of Being with Dying by Joan Halifax. 
Awesome. So last question for you. It's our job as death care professionals to show up as blank canvases for the families that we serve, for our students and for our audiences. How do you remain true to your spiritual practice, your gifts and your beliefs while presenting naked to those that you're in service to? Mm, great question. I just had this conversation with another death worker the other day. The amount of ritual that goes into being a death care worker is intense because I, in a good way, a good intensity, I'm always in ritual and doing rituals. And it goes back to your comment a minute ago about going in slowly when you're working in the spiritual space and putting intent in and honoring that love and that light and that protection. That ritual could be lighting a candle and saying those words and then sitting quietly. So uh, ritual can be big or small. Um, but for me, it's really about grounding before I go work with someone and sit in a space with an individual that needs my support, um, potentially using some tools to ground while I'm with them. And that usually looks like some mental affirmations, just making myself in the here and now so that my thoughts of what I'm doing and the next person don't start coming in. I'm centered. And then I also do a ritual after the fact, after leaving the person as well. So it's really ritual surrounding, ritual based. I use that word so freely, but I mean it in, in a very fluid way. Um, I could simply be done working with a client, open my window up and let that big breeze sweep in and say, please be with whomever and, you know, carry me on or whatever my wording would be at that moment. Um, so simple things, but it also helps to not bring Kate into the mix or whoever I was just working with as well. It keeps everything very grounded, very neutral. So ritual. Awesome. Thank you so much for sharing and just participating in this conversation. As I told you before we got started, I had nothing planned and I feel like spirit just kind of guided it. And I feel like, you know, I'm, I'm there's like a picture of a boat floating in the lake on my television screen with some soft music. And I feel like that's really what we just did. So thank you for that. Um, why don't you tell everyone where they can find you, what classes you're currently offering and anything that you want to share, please share. Okay. Thank you so much for having me too. And I agree, you know, before sitting with you, I did a ritual as well. And that was lighting some candles and asking spirit to come in and, and be with us today, because as we put this message out into the world, it's such a gift. So thank you for holding the space. Um, you can all find me at Instagram. That's my big platform right now. I'm focused on at Kate, C-A-I-T dot death doula. Um, my website is www.katecaitmadden.com. And right now I'm actually um, transitioning out of one-on-one -on -one work and getting into more education-based um, work. And that will be definitely focused on death care workers um, and death doulas, kind of getting people prepared for more of those practical and spiritual bits with this huge resurgence of people that are wanting to hold space for those that are dying. 
Kate, thank you again so much for joining me. And I also want to say thank you for your contribution to the Racism and Death Care 2.0 course that we did behind the scenes. Kate sold some items or sold a resource to her community and donated 100% of the proceeds to our course um, and was able to send I think two or three people to our course. So thank you so much for that. It was greatly supported by both Anita and I. That's it for today's conversation, you guys. Um, be sure to follow Kate on Instagram, check out her website, as well as her amazing offering. She's a great resource. She's 100% open and very communicative. Um, thank you guys so much for listening. Live life, love hard, and we'll talk to you next time.